Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to The Broad Experience, the show about women, the workplace, and success. I'm Ashley Miltite. This time, why can it be so difficult to work with other women? We don't know how to overtly compete the way men do. So men will compete on a day-to-day basis, say, I'm going to bring you down, then go out for a beer at night. Well, we don't. <laughs> we will cut you out of an email, maybe, or badmouth you behind your back. But have you ever considered you might be part of the problem? What I find is that many women are shocked when their female boss is not nice to them. Whereas I don't know that they'd be as shocked by a male boss that's not nice to them. Coming up, we look at female relationships at work and how to handle an undermining boss. If you've been listening to the show since the start, you may remember a podcast I did in 2013 called The Mean Girls Edition. I felt conflicted about it. Because let's face it, the world is full of stereotypes and cliches about women being horrible to each other. But I did it because I knew a lot of women have problems with other women at work. And since that show went out, I've continued to get emails from listeners outlining bad situations with female colleagues. These listeners often say they just prefer to work with men. That view is borne out in some surveys, by the way. But before we kick off today's show, I just want to say that my last job where I worked in a female-dominated environment was fantastic. It was a small office, it was public radio, and we were all friendly and supportive of one another. I miss it. And I'm sure there are lots of other workplaces like that out there. But in this show, we're tackling the darker side of female relationships. I met two women recently who spend a lot of time thinking about this. They run their own company, and they help people manage difficult relationships at work. My name is Catherine Crowley, and I work as a career and life coach at K-Squared Enterprises. And I'm Kathy Elster, and I'm an executive coach and a career coach. They've written a few books on office life. Working for you isn't working for me, working with you is killing me, and Mean Girls at Work. I started off by telling them about some of the reaction I had from listeners the last time I decided to cover this topic. One of them said, I wish you wouldn't do this because it it perpetuates stereotypes about women. But my response to that is, yes, I agree. But on the other hand, it's true. And I want to talk about what people are actually experiencing in their work lives. And I've received plenty of emails over the few years that I've been doing the show from women telling me, essentially, I have a very unsupportive female supervisor, so miserable that they left. I've also heard uh, women say that they work in an organization that is vast majority women. So it's not even an issue of a supervisor, but they say it's the least supportive place I've ever worked. Yeah. So what, what's going on there? What are some of the dynamics? 
Well, Ashley. Yeah. Where do we start? <laughs> where do we start? Where do we well, we start with something that you actually referenced when you contacted us, which is that we are designed differently. If we start with the difference in design, right, that, we, that women are designed and through history to tend and befriend. Therefore, we need to, because of being the, quote, weaker sex in the days of uh, being out there in the woods or in the caves, they had to bond with each other and therefore in order to protect the children. So we had to bond, we had to make friendships. At the same time, women are most comfortable not with vertical power structures, but with horizontal power structures. And they've done this actually, the female animal primates are also more comfortable with horizontal structures. So this is fairly innate. Now that is interesting. I've never liked the whole hierarchy thing myself. I have no interest in climbing a ladder. And I used to think that meant I wasn't ambitious. But I've come to realise it just means I'm not that competitive. I like working with other people. And yes, I instinctively try to bond with other women. The problem is my attitude isn't really suited to a typical workplace. So the challenge then becomes when you go into the workplace, it's it's not horizontal right? And so if I have a boss and she's a woman, my brain has this expectation that she should be treating me as if I'm her equal and as if we are friends. So employees actually are harder on their female bosses than they are on their male bosses. At the same time, comma, female bosses often have a hard time when they sense that pushback from their female employees and I think often turn, then become rather harsh authority figures towards those members of their staff. Well, I think it's fascinating that a lot of it is actually innate and a lot of it is, you know, the way we are structured as women. And there's very little written about it. There's very little talked about it. Uh, In fact, we we love the work of, um, what's her name? Pat Heim. Pat Heim wrote a book called In the Company of Women, which we highly recommend. It's a little uh, dense, but it, it will really explain that women want to be friends before they want to be anything else and the competition and we don't know how to overtly compete the way men do so men will compete on a day-to-day basis say i'm going to bring you down then go out for a beer at night well we don't <laughs> we can be, we will cut you out of an email maybe or bad mouth you behind your back and then it becomes very covert smile to your face while hurting you in the back and then that war gets very deep and goes on for a very long time. She says some women know perfectly well how passively hostile they're being, but other times it's unconscious. And some situations seem to send our competitive instincts into overdrive. I think what happens in the workplace, well, you know what, I want to take it out of the workplace for a minute and also talk about uh, where I felt the worst women on women behavior was mothering was when I had a small child, I felt it in the playground. Mm -hmm. The other mothers were competitive to what child is, you know, walking before another and what kind of carriage you had. I mean, I couldn't believe it. So I pulled myself out of it. I just thought, okay, well, I won't have any mother friends. And I never actually did acquire any. (laughs) Um, Wow, that's unusual. No, I think it's pretty... Yeah, I think it's pretty much the story. I mean, women may may make friends with other mothers, but then they lose them over time. Okay, fair and enough. They're, they're mommy, they're, they're friendships for the duration of the child. While the children are friends. It's a very problematic. So this is not just in the workplace. It's also in every aspect of life. She says women have to be nicer to one another. 
But getting there comes with admitting that competition is a natural instinct for many of us. We're just not used to expressing it. Most of us aren't exactly socialised to compete after all. I told Cathy and Catherine the story a listener told me last year about working in a female-dominated company. Feminism was part of its mission, right? That was, it was in some way, it was all about empowering women and making the world a better place. And, and she was the one who said, I have never worked in a less supportive environment than this. So what's going on there, though? If we want to be nice, why aren't we? Well, what I think is it, uh, it has everything to do with awareness. And that's what we're trying to bring out with our book, right? Which is that if we are designed that we're going to be covertly competitive, then, of course, a woman, uh, a feminist organization is going to have plenty of covert competition going in there if no one's aware of it. And I think one of the other things that women have to own is that we're very adverse to criticism. We're actually very sensitive we care a lot. In fact, the male business owners and leaders who spoke to us said that women are the best workers mm-hmm. because they invest their whole selves in work. And that's great, except when then you take personally the behavior of all the other women around you. And that's the other challenge that we have is we tend to personalize business behavior. You know, we have, because we, we have I mean, literally, we have more, 40% more connective tissue between the left and right lobes of our brain, right? So we have feeling thought. We have plenty of rational thought, but we also, feelings get stirred in there. Oh, so guilty. And forget the workplace. That explains a lot of problems between men and women in general. Kathy says a huge part of all this is women actually owning up to the fact we have some pretty unpleasant tendencies. I grew a lot in writing this book, and I saw a lot of my behavior that was far uh, from perfect. And I've had to change a lot myself, and it's not easy. But in doing it, and of course I have set up my family to say to me, that was mean girl, Kathy. (laughs) Whenever I talk about somebody negatively, another woman negatively, which is uh, something I tend to do, I'm learning to to stop doing that. This is not an easy thing that we have to unlearn and change. But some women are prepared to come clean about their lack of support for their fellow females. I actually had a very candid conversation with a senior vice president of a major bank, and she admitted that it's very hard for her. She suffered and worked so hard to get to where she is that it's very hard for her to be generous towards her younger female executives. And I think that that's not uncommon. You know, it's sort of like the famous medical school system where you, the interns have to suffer the same way the doctors do to, to earn their degree. That women who have finally made it can often feel like, okay, I'm not going to give you a break because I had to work so hard to get to this place. And that, that's the complaint, of course, that a lot of younger women have, that I'm not getting the mentoring I expected from this woman or the ladder's been pulled up behind her, whatever it is. And it, it does... It does always seem very sad to me that that has to happen. And yet I suppose if you look at it from the point of view of that person and she thinks of everything that she had to go through to get there, she probably looks at these whippersnappers and thinks, why, why should I lend a hand? Right. And I also think we come from a little bit of starvation, women. I think that we, uh, especially the ones that have fought to get here, I think we think there's so few opportunities. I'm not giving anything away. You know, there's not, there's just not enough. There's not enough for women. And I think that that's a mistake also because women can now make more opportunities for other women. 
And there are more small businesses started by women than men because women like that flexibility of time and they also don't like the hierarchy structure. So there are more opportunities for women business owners to really support other women. Not The corporate structure is so male-dominated that I don't know how that's going to change. It's going to take a while. And, and you know, we, the big surprise for us in our book was that men liked it. Mm-hmm. Because, and if we could really help men help other women support women, that would be helpful. Um, because they would see catfights and they didn't understand why they were going on. They didn't understand why women were not letting it go. Because we don't. We hold on to resentment a lot longer than men do. That's just how we're wired. And we have to understand that about ourselves and work on it. So I don't want to exclude men from this equation. I think that they can play a role in it. This episode of The Broad Experience is sponsored by Foreign Affairs. Foreign Affairs is a non-partisan magazine. They publish thoughtful pieces by experts who span the political spectrum, so they allow readers to form their own opinions about today's most important global issues. Broad Experience listeners get a special discount, more than three quarters off a subscription to Foreign Affairs. To sign up, go to foreignaffairs.com broad. And talking of men, I wanted to get Kathy and Catherine's opinions on something another Broad Experience listener wrote to me about. She had been in academia. Ultimately, she left because she had such a bad experience with her female supervisor. She said this woman undermined her all the time and was always stressed out and negative. At the end of her email, she mentioned the men in her work life. Says one of the interesting things she said, which is again a, a, such a cliche, she said, This and past experience has left me with a decided preference for working with men. In general, I have found men in the workplace to be much more well adjusted, calmer, less stressed, less inclined to play mind games or spread rumors, and much more literal and to the point in their dealings. They also tend to stay more on topic in workplace discussions, at least with me, and give concrete advice. While I have found some women, mostly those in senior, high stress, positions will give hollow advice and waste an entire one-on-one meeting on venting about personal issues or small talk about family vacations or pets I mean there's a lot packed into that and it's completely anecdotal but some of the stuff she said about men I've heard other people say that too and I don't know is it unfair or fair you know, I, we because we go into corporations and we deal with relationships, we see a lot of bad men. So let's be honest that not all men are as perfect as she just said. But the thing that's different about men is that they are not as relational at work. They don't take it as personally. It's work. You go to work and then you go out at night. They don't they actually don't process it and think about it as much as women do. So they may appear to this woman as easier to deal with. She says if a woman is in a situation like that with a female supervisor, she has to take a look at herself and her own behaviour as well, because she could be exacerbating a bad situation. We'll talk more about this in a minute. Catherine says there may be something else going on here, another unconscious bias at work. What I find is that many women are shocked when their boss, female boss, is not nice to them, right? Whereas I don't know that they'd be as shocked by a male boss that's not nice to them. 
And I recently spoke to someone who she's got a new job with this guy who has said to her, I don't want to talk to you unless I absolutely have to. And she's accepted it. Like, okay, he doesn't like talking, period. Can you imagine if a female boss said that to her female employee? I don't want to talk to you unless I absolutely have to. What label do you think that employee would give to that female boss? Bitch. (laughs) Thank you. Ding, ding. So... I, again, to me, it's just about awareness. Kathy and I are always better people while we're working on a certain topic, wouldn't you say? While we're learning. Yeah. While we're learning, right. So I now have to catch myself if I'm in the company of a woman who's either very capable or very attractive, and I can feel my competitive spirit come in and just say, okay, I'm feeling competitive with her. It doesn't mean that I'm then a bad person. It just means that I may need to reel in my covert tendencies, you know, and if I want to compete with that woman, to find a way to do it in a more outright fashion. So awareness is great, but what if you're aware of the warp dynamics in your office but the other person is clueless. Let's just take the example of somebody with a female boss, a a woman with a female boss. So the woman is is in the lower power position and she has a boss who seems to be undermining her or is mean or whatever. How do you deal with that? Because you're not in the power position. It's all very well being aware, but if you're aware of, and she's not, what are you supposed to do? Well, I'm, so it's a little hypothetical, but I think what you want to do is check your own emotions, you know, because we'll take it very personally and get very upset and get to the facts and be able to go to her and say real factually, you know, I was not invited to this meeting and this is something that I'm working on or I, or I noticed that I was not given this project. Why didn't I get, you know, actually go to her factually and see if you can have a professional relationship with her, not an emotional one. And Mean Girls at Work, we have a whole process called Don't Go There, which is the first thing you want to do is rein in the not productive behaviors that you want to do so you don't go and talk to your colleagues about, gosh, she's such a bee and I can't stand her and look what she did to me and blah, 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 blah. But you may need to talk to someone about what you're experiencing to sort out exactly what's going on. And in the case that you're mentioning, Ashley, for example, if you realize, okay, this, this queen bee, is she feels threatened then there may be things that you can do to help her feel less threatened. You may need to acknowledge her experience. You may need to give her credit for something that she helped you with. You may need to give her credit for something that you accomplish, but you know, say how her support actually has facilitated this for you. So there are ways that you can work with the individual with that knowledge, with the knowledge of their insecurity or seeming underbelly, so to speak, and still be professional and move your career forward. What you said about don't go off and gossip to your colleagues, well, of course, that's what we all do. That's what we do. (laughs) That's the first thing we do because women have to talk it out, and that's a beautiful thing. We like to talk out what's going on. But you want to find a mentor or a sponsor or somebody outside of the company that you can actually talk it through, and then they won't feel the emotion because they weren't there, and then they'll be able to say, okay, so what's really going on here? and come up with a strategy on how you would approach your boss. So it's okay to talk it out. Just don't talk it out over and over against your colleagues. That's not good. It's detrimental. Mm. In our executive coaching, we help 
a good number of women with these exact situations. And usually we let them air, you know, we, we need to, we're processors, so we need to get it off our chest, as Kathy mentioned. We'll let them air the whole situation. And then we'll talk about, okay, well, what is going to help you the most professionally here? And to really think of it from an objective perspective. And what are the business tactics you can take? So, for example, if you want to be invited to the next meeting to go and say, I'm sure it wasn't your intention, but I would prefer in the future to be included in this meeting. Here are my reasons for doing that. And, you know, follow up with an email. Thank you so much for listening to me. I look forward to attending the next meeting. Totally professional, not you always do this to me. I know you have it in for me or, you know, some other way of attacking. Some emotional response. Right. Usually what we do is we're quiet, 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 and then boom, you know. And by the time you get to the boom, it's not going to be a constructive conversation. And you're the person who's going to look petty and personal. True. But it can be so hard when you're upset by something to keep your emotions at bay and the facts at the forefront. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You've seen these tactics work. You've oh, seen yeah. situations improve because I think people would really like to hear about that. Because people, I, I do think people do what one of my correspondents do, which is quit. Mm-hmm. They get to a point and they just leave. Well, I think sometimes you have to leave if it's gone too far. But in general, in our executive coaching, what we do is we help people turn the dynamic around and really look at it more objectively and see where they may have made it worse and how they can get the relationship back on track. So I'm trying to think of an example. Well, we're working with someone who has a particularly mean boss right now. And while her situation is not much better, what she stopped doing is acting out because, you know, of course, if you fight and you get in a power struggle with a mean boss, then you're the person who looks like the problem. So what we've taught this individual is to stay cool, to address each meeting from a very professional position, to not get defensive when her boss comes back with a very attacking point of view, and to just continue with her job. And what's happening is that that mean boss's behavior is becoming apparent in and of itself because this individual is no longer reacting. So that's not a happily ever after thing, but the opportunity now is that the culture, the company itself, can hold this person accountable for her behavior rather than seeing the employee as the problem. Well, what talking about holding somebody accountable... I can't, when I was back in my many years of working for companies, I can't imagine going to HR and telling on a boss. Do you think that's a bad idea in general, or does it depend on the situation? Well, it depends on the situation. Many, many people can't go to HR. Many people can't go to senior leadership. But Catherine brought up a really important point, and we do this with a lot of our clients. When you're in a tug of war, you're in a power struggle with your boss or another woman, then you look like the problem. 
So I think anybody that has to leave their job, it's because it's gone so far, their, their relationship with this person has gone to where it's probably not repairable and they look like the bad one. Yeah. And also, but also it's so stressful for the Very person. Very You're stressful. miserable. You are, you are miserable and you can't take it anymore. Right. Right. We're not encouraging you to stay in a sadistic <laughs> situation, but we are encouraging you to do what you can to neutralize it. It just saddens me that so many women don't want to work with other women and that they prefer to work with men. I, I would just encourage them to continue to try and to look at their side of the picture. Is it always the other women or is it something that they're doing to contribute to making the situation worse? And maybe this is just I'm an optimistic person, but I would prefer to give us good intentions. We meet very few people who say, I just want to screw as many people as I can today. You know, I can't wait to be mean when I leave my house in the morning. So, you know, we're trying and we have a ways to go. And women are now over 50% of the workforce and they're certainly well over, they're like 60% of the advanced degrees. We're just going to be dealing with each other more, Ashley, not less. So it's time to wake up and smell the perfume or something, <laughs> you know. Be willing to build your awareness and be willing. We all need to be willing to work on this. Catherine Crowley and Kathy Elster. You can hear them on their own podcast. They tackle different work problems every week. It's called My Crazy Office. That's the broad experience for this time. As usual, I'd love to hear from you. Does any of what we've talked about today ring bells for you? Or do you have other ways that have worked to diffuse a dysfunctional situation with a female boss? Let me know in the comments under this episode at thebroadexperience.com or on the show's Facebook page. And I'll be posting links to a few articles about women supporting other women or not under this episode as well. Next time, the president of a famous American women's college on making the switch from a male environment to a female one. I always joke that I underwent a hormonal transformation when I moved from Harvard to Barnard. And I say it jokingly, but I, but I actually mean it. Being at a place that is run by and dominated by men is fundamentally different from being at a place that's run by and, and dominated by women. That's two weeks from now. And don't forget to check out my sponsor for this show, Foreign Affairs magazine. Go to foreignaffairs.com slash broad for a huge discount on a year's subscription. And if you can support this one-woman show with a donation, that would be much appreciated. Just hit the support tab on the website. If you can give as much as $50, you'll receive a Broad Experience t-shirt in return. There's a photo of that on the website too. Thanks to Eliza Sankar-Gordon for her help with this episode. I'm Ashley Miltite. See you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 